0: You drive over the endless plains of Oklahoma, and then trees arise on hills growing up out of nowhere. Beyond them, skyscrapers from the golden age of oil. Welcome to Bartlesville. This is
1: Sam Saxon, along with Professor Joff Derute, and you're listening to Tales Unveiled
0: where we travel across Oklahoma for ghost stories,
1: as well as urban legends and local history. After driving for over two hours from Oklahoma City, we arrived just in time for a 10 a.m. meeting. In January, I had been in contact with the local tourism agency for interview leads. From the list of contacts, Michelle Owens and Tim Hudson were kind enough to meet with the professor and I at a boutique coffee roaster called Outpost Coffee in downtown Bartlesville, With our drinks ready and equipment in place, we began our interview. For the record, could you please state your first and last name? Michelle Owens. Michelle, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you meeting us at Outpost Coffee here in Bartlesville to talk about your personal stories. Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, we very eager to hear what you have to say.
2: Yeah. Are so, you sure? <laughs> always.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, so tell us about this story about this house that is no longer around.
2: Okay, there was, there was a home in, here in Bartlesville, I believe it was located at 908 South Johnstone. Uh, there was a prominent orthodontist from here in Bartlesville. His name was Dr. Bourne. That was B-O-R-N. A lot of people pronounce it boring. Um I had an aunt that was several years older than I was. I was probably about eight or 10. She was 16, probably. And she would drive me to the house, which had been abandoned for years. And the windows were broken out. It was, a, I believe it was a three-story house, painted brown. If I, I mean, this is my young brain trying to recall it. Um, and the story went that uh, the doctor had been married to a woman for two months. They got into an argument. She went into the room, pulled out a pistol, and shot him in the abdomen. The doctor's son was there at the home when it happened, as well as a playmate who was spending the night, and I believe they were the ones that called the police. Mm.
0: Uh, Dark story already.
2: I, my uh, And I, I revisited some of the facts because... For a while, I didn't know if that was a figment of my imagination as a child because I would ask people, do you know anything about this Dr. Bourne's house where there was a murder? And until I talked to Maria the other day, uh, I was actually contacted by the librarian here in Bartlesville who sent me the front lo- the front page account of the incident. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not very. The house is located near Saint John's Catholic Church, and my aunt would tell me how her friends would skip mass before church and go in. Actually, go into the born home, and I believe it was three stories. And they, um, like I was saying, they were sitting on the steps, and this was back in this, you know, late 60s, early 70s. She was into Ouija boards and stuff and her friends would go into the born home and they were sitting on the the staircase one night and uh, they were attacked by feral cats because the house had been abandoned Um, but (laughs) on numerous occasions that was kind of like a every other friday or saturday night thing is let's go scare the crap out of my niece you know and that's Mm. what that's what happened and like i said until no one in this town has ever recalled that incident. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, maybe I made that up in my head, you know, mm-hmm. but I was really validated when I got the front page of the paper with the, the whole story on it. Mm-hmm. So.
0: Yeah, people like to forget, but once you dig into the archives, you'll never know what you find.
1: Did you happen to know of any other stories around Bartersville Perhaps even second-hand accounts?
2: 2nd second accounts? I mean... Not in depth. I mean, there's, there's what they call the crybaby bridge, where of course I'm sure that's everywhere.
0: Oklahoma has at least 13 crybaby bridges for my count. Yeah, there's a
2: crybaby bridge, Uh, uh, and then hanging bridge. Uh, Also, uh, I've heard about freaky things happening happening on Gap Road.
0: Gap Road. Mm-hmm.
2: And um, and those involved um, the hangings of blacks in mm-hmm. the county. Yeah. And that my grandma and grandpa used to tell me about back in the days of segregation that they actually saw people lynched there. I don't know if that, oh, wow. again, is true, but that is what...
3: I actually, and this is completely unrelated to, well, it's kind of related, I actually saw a book on lynchings in America one time, and obviously records on that's kind of sketchy, but like it listed several in Washington County, and I thought that actually may lend some credence to that.
0: Interesting. That's right. Once again, the archival evidence.
3: Those stories are always, unfortunately, they're all over the place.
0: True. Very true. So what? happens on Gap Road.
3: Well, It's not super desolate, but it's kind of a lonely stretch, and like, when you're on there, like, I mean, there's houses, but you can't really see them, and so, oh, you know, there's a gravity hill over there, and all kinds of... I was of just going to mention gravity hill. Gravity hill. And it's somewhat close to... Well, actually, that yeah, one, yeah. it's not as fun a story, but it's an optical illusion, but it legitimately seems like you're going uphill at hmm. I I, I kid you not, absolutely. And also, in not that far from there in Oshaleda, there's a, a cemetery, literally at the top of Cemetery Hill in Oshaleda. And there's a baby's grave. You know this one, Michelle? Mm-hmm. We used to have to run up there for track. Like you had to run up. Like how scary is that for a third grader? <laughs> Got to run up Graveyard Hill. Anyway, at the top of it, there there is legitimately a tombstone of like an infant death and it has like a, a a lamb on it and of course like all the you know you always heard that like the lamb would look different directions and stuff like that and oh, wow. you know in the, in the moonlight you could you could move it like you could push it and it would move and all kinds of that one is actually relatively well known I mean you can go find it easily Right. I mean just go to the cemetery in Oshalada and it's it is there <laughs>
2: Also, to go back to Gravity Hill, it was very. I mean, it's just right off of Gap Road, right?
3: Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, you, you take that curve like that goes, yeah.
2: And that's kind of a rite of passage when you're a teenager is to get the car full of your friends and you take them out to Gravity Hill and it's even cooler if you turn off the lights. So you do turn the, You turn the car in neutral. Yeah, you have to neutral. turn it off and
3: put it in neutral.
2: Yeah, you have to put the car in neutral and it actually appears that your car is is headed upward when
3: now it's not like you're in the rocky mountains i mean you're not like yeah it's it's not like that but i mean it's clearly looks like an incline but anyway check it out for yourself you can Mm -hmm. see it we'll have to
2: i've i have taken many a teenager yeah as an adult because i like to scare people i have taken many a teenager out there and then also as we went down the road i would tell them about the big black hole Hmm. and that they all needed to be really quiet because this big black hole could appear in the road between Gap Road and Oshilada. And um, what I would do is they would get really quiet, and they were like, you're just freaking us out, Michelle. And I would shove the lights off of my car and kill it. And I would be like, "Oh my God, we've hit the black hole!" And the kids would just scream bloody murder in the car. And that
3: scared me right now, Michelle. Yeah,
2: I, mean, I, I have a I have a cousin who's 38 who still annihilates my whole being for doing that to him when he was a little kid. So
3: let's take Rhonda out there. We can totally scare. Her oh, we it. could. <laughs> you know what? And this was unfortunately this one's not here anymore. Although Michelle, you, I'm sure you remember this. How about the cement factory? Oh, yes. Yeah, although as, as we say in Bartlesville, the cement factory. Like <laughs> What's the, the story pond, there? Well, it was in Dewey, Dewey, and it was legitimately a cement factory. Um, when do you think it would have been like the 40s and 50s probably, all the way through the 60s, 60s. maybe early maybe 70s? Maybe even the early 70s, well, yeah. this thing goes out of business, and it's a legit, or was a legit creepy building. I mean, like mm-hmm. bare re- rebar, all this, crap. I mean, literally, like you ever see the movie Session Nine? It looked like that, mm. and and it Is was it still around. No, it, unfortunately, that's what I'm saying. It's not there, but it um, it had like a big like pit in the middle of it, which I'm assuming was some sort of mixing vat or something. But it was like just a big scary hole. <laughs> and in the '80s, you know, when I was in school, like was the the height of the Satanic Panic stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm sure people were just like writing Motley Crue and Slayer and stuff. But when you went out there, there was all these like pentagrams and 666. and Candles. The lore around town was that the... the, You know, because you never actually knew any Satanists. You just heard about them. You know, like there's Satanists around here and they're doing bad stuff. And that was where they did their bad stuff was at the cement factory. In Dewey. And and when you were in high school, that was where you were going to go drink some beer and scare people and tell crazy stories about... Have you guys heard about the Labadie House? That's probably the big. Nah, yeah. That's probably the big one around here. I that's do tell heard about that. Yet, yeah, tell. Well, Michelle, no, you tell. No, them you, that you, and no, no gonna, go. Well, I don't really know the whole thing. Um, out at Labadie so Hills. So you can go to this place, and it's not all there. It's just a like a shell of the house. I mean, it's like a facade now. As the story goes, the Labadie family lived um, in this house. It was out by itself, and they had a they had a servant, and supposedly he impregnated the wife the husband finds out about this when she has the baby and it doesn't look like him it looks like the servant and uh again as the as the legend goes uh killed the servant and threw the baby in the creek killing the baby then a few years later he's wrought with guilt and anger and all this kind of stuff over it so he burns the house down killing him and the wife both and so what's left there now is like a facade. It's like a stone. Mm-hmm. It looks like the front of a house with nothing else attached to it. Um, now, it's important to note that the remaining labity family that's still around here adamantly denies this. So, and I can, I mean, I've never actually seen a newspaper story on it, so I don't know. Well, I take that back. I've seen... What I'm telling you has been in the newspapers, but I never saw like a legit like house fire kills two because the guy was mad and blah blah blah. But but much like the cement factory, that's a location for all the local high schoolers and stuff. And there's all manner of. Uh, alleged spooky occurrences out there from weird mm. lights to like
2: You can hear the baby cry hear the baby
3: cry You can, you know, just all kinds of odd things and, and it is legit weird I mean, right. it's definitely weird looking at night I mean, it, I, what would you compare it to? I mean, it's like a two-story, just bizarre
2: Just a shell of a, Yeah, yeah just a the mm. remaining shell of There's what a ways. band called
3: Labadee House, too <laughs> They're like a horror punk band.
2: My daughter dated a Labity. Well, I should have asked him <laughs> if it was all true.
3: Michelle, you could have found out. For I sure. know. They may have denied it. That one's pretty big, though. It's on a lot of, like, you know, national, um, I guess, registries, you know, s- spooky places and whatnot. And But again, mm-hmm. if you run into the Labadies, they're not going to be happy about. <laughs> Don't tell them I told you the story. <laughs> Theater Bartlesville is supposedly haunted too, Um, but from what I understand about Theater Bartlesville, it's pretty much like poltergeisty kind of thing. Um, It's not like you know blood running down the walls and get out or anything like that. It's like just weird things, like people misplace stuff and like lights go on and off and whatnot. It's actually like what three doors down. Right.
1: It seems like you can have a legit theater unless it's haunted. (laughs)
2: Are you going to go to the one in
1: Pasco? That's the one we're going to. Yes, we oh, do have oh, an interview scheduled there. That is actually there.
3: a really cool theater. I've been in there. I have too. I don't know about it being haunted, but it's cool. Yeah, it's it's, there's, it's, there's it's like supposed a, to be haunted. Underneath the stage is like this creepy kind of Blair Witch-looking thing over there. It's Ooh. cool. You'll like it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> um,
0: let's see, I heard something about a humming road in south of town. That would singing be an osha- road, road singing singing
2: that, yeah. in osha The singing road. Singing road. osha Oshaleida. It would be on old Highway 75? Yeah, it
3: just just makes noise. I mean, like when you're... Like all of the other highways in Oklahoma.
2: (laughs) No, no, it's... No, you... And and my parents used to take me... Because we lived in Bartlesville for years, and then we moved to Ramona, which is not very far from Oshilada. It's all kind of one school conglomerate. But... um, I mean, you don't believe it? Oh, well...
3: I mean it's I'm I'm kinda like the X Files on this. Like I wanna believe but I don't really
2: What about you know what about the center um, of the universe? Do you believe in the center of universe?
3: Yeah, that works. Yeah. I mean that that's untold not haunted. You know we're it's talking it's it's creepy about. though,
2: but but yeah, and I mean you would just go down old highway seventy five and you would we would all roll down the windows and and it's documented also, I'm sure if you look it up hmm. that it's if it's the only known singing highway. What does
3: it sound like?
2: It, it just, it's like a high pitch. Yeah,
3: it almost sounds like, you know those, like, I don't know what they're called, like the singing bowls, like where you have water in them and you do the thing and it goes, right, wha- right. Sort of like that. I mean, a little bit like a theremin, maybe, kind of. Right, maybe, um, yeah.
2: Actually, my friend Liz lives on, right there by the singing highway, hmm. so.
3: And I, and I think, don't. I I know there's more than this. People around here have a lot to be mad at when they die. So I could see why there would be haunting. You know, supposedly, they were convinced for years that Bonnie and Clyde was haunting here. Well, because they, they were killed in this car that mm-hmm. they just riddled with bullets. And apparently they took it around the United States. Um, you know. As you do. See the, see the grisly, macabre car that people were killed in. And, you know, people pay a nickel or whatever to see it, and it was, like, down on Main Street here, and I guess afterwards there was, you know, weird things happening, and so people were convinced that...
2: Haunted by Bonnie and Clyde. When the car was
3: here, Bonnie and Clyde's spirits got out of it and stayed... Mm.
1: When we were in Enid, Oklahoma, we heard stories of a mummy of John Wilkes Booth, Mm -hmm. and that went on tour. Yes. The what was it? A mummy of John Wilkes Booth. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because the legend is that he died in actually Enid, not uh, Virginia, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, strange
0: tale. (laughs) So, which, just a, a house painter, right? Traveler. Going to town to town, showed up in Enid in the 1890s, and uh, he would do Shakespeare acts for pennies and nickels in the bar to buy himself a drink, and just do whole scenes by himself, and people really loved it, and so forth. And uh, and then he was feeling very poorly and called, uh, asked for a priest to come in and give him last rites, and. uh, he passed away, and the priests uh, much after his death said, "You know he said the weirdest thing that he was John Wilkes Booth and survived and worked his way through the South all these years and uh, had gone by all these different names and so forth and anyway, they uh, took the body, and uh, nobody ever came to claim it, so they uh, the local undertaker used it as a kind of a uh, embalming." mannequin, just something to show off what he could do, and put it up in the front, and then this rumor started around of people, this was John Wilkes Booth, and people started showing up from Texas saying, hey, uh, this fellow that I, I had in boarding house owes me a bunch of money, and one night he had gotten really sick and thought he was going to die and uh, had me come in and, and confess that he was John Wilkes Booth. And, wow. Uh, and then he got better, and he took off, just took off out of town. And then a guy from Tennessee came in and said the same yeah. thing. And uh, so they started saying, "Come see John Wilkes Booth and pay your nickel." Wow! And they have pictures
3: of him, and he looks like a sixty-year-old John Wilkes Booth would look like. Well, I'll tell you, mm-hmm. I've got to, I've got to go. My, I've got to take my elderly dad to the <laughs> doctor. The doctor, which is the scariest thing that we've heard since we've been talking about. I'm gonna have to go, but I'll tell you a good story since you guys are going to uh, mm-hmm. Um and you can look this up. It's freaking crazy. Uh, there was this outlaw, and I can't remember his name. Again, it's documented. Just Google this. Um, In Pahuska that wasn't a very good outlaw, and ended up getting killed. Kind of similar to your story. And the undertaker, like he had no family and stuff, so the guy like embalms him and everything. But then there was nobody to pay the bill, so he wouldn't bury him without it getting paid. So he uses him as like, like you said, like a display. This goes on for a few years, and I guess he did a decent job, because it was like he was staying so anyway it became like a, almost like a sideshow thing and people were like kids would pay a nickel to like go and see this dead body and stuff anyway long story short it ends up getting sold to a carnival and goes <laughs> all around the united states you heard the story goes all around the united states well do i need to tell it or are you <laughs> so goes all around the united states uh and has a variety of stories attached to it like people would be like this guy you know sell, tell some elaborate story about how he's killed or what he did or like he was some warlord or some crazy anyway it keeps going around at some point uh becomes lost like they lost track of him and he resurfaces you ready for this michelle on an episode of the six million dollar man because they, it was supposed to be like in a funhouse or something, and they rented this funhouse, and it turns out one of the props that was inside was this him. was him, and how they find this out is when the film crew's coming in to film, and it gets knocked over, and it breaks his arm off, and there's like a bone sticking out of his arm, and so at that point, FBI comes in and everything, and long story short, it turns out it's this guy that was originally from Pawhusko, Yeah. and... That's wild. It's Indeed. Pretty cr- Again, you can just Google that. Yeah, Elmer McCurdy is the name. Yeah, yeah.
0: And they took him back to Guthrie where he had once been in jail and put him under a foot of concrete to make sure he didn't didn't, did didn't leave this time.
3: Well, and it's double funny, too, because if you look at like his criminal career, and I say that in parentheses, it's all just a comedy of just stupidity.
0: Yeah, used too much dynamite to blow yeah. up the safe and, <laughs> and he, burned all the money inside.
3: And. Well, and, and ultimately how he died was like they robbed the wrong... They legitimately knew this train was coming through that was going to be... There's going to be like a bunch of U.S. Mint stuff on it. And it was, but they just picked the wrong time. Like they robbed the one before it, and they get away with like 30 bucks or something, and he ends up getting shot over it. And like, I mean, it's it's pretty... You should read it. It's crazy. But anyway, with that, I got to go get Don Hudson.
1: <laughs> I packed up our equipment and we went to our next scheduled interview with Maria Guss, the executive director of Visit Bartersville. Maria was responsible for connecting me with Michelle and Tim, and I knew she would be a great person to talk to about the town for joining us, Maria. We appreciate you taking the time to chat with us.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for coming to Bartlesville, and I'm looking forward to talking to you about what we have going on here.
1: Well, let's get started with the history of Bartlesville.
5: Sure. Well, Bartlesville is an oil town, as so many places in Oklahoma are, and we like to say that we are the home of, Bartlesville, of Oklahoma's first commercial oil well. That was the Nellie Johnstone. But it all started when um, George Keeler and William Johnstone, they were investors in the area. They came and they were looking to make their fortune. They um, started looking for oil. They started finding oil. And then it sort of was the history came from there um of course as any of the boom towns that happened in the late 19th century early 20th century um, things took off very quickly and of course there was a large native presence really people could not own land in this area if they were not connected in some way to a native american that was from oklahoma so uh actually george keeler yes george keeler William Johnstone, I think they were both married to Native women and then that's how they started getting some land and finding, discovering the oil and so on. So, And then of course fast forward, Frank Phillips comes from Iowa and he starts finding some oil. That was the Anna Anderson and then it was just one right after another, hitting a gusher and then Phillips Petroleum Company started. That of course has been a huge part of our history and the success of the community we still have phillips petroleum company and conoco phillips in bartlesville the headquarters are no longer here the headquarters for both companies are in houston but because of that rich oil history bartlesville had this fantastic boom so much business and commerce follows because of the oil industry And I think a large part of why we are successful today is the infrastructure that was built at that time. We have a beautiful downtown. Um, When you talk about through mid 20th century and all of the investment that Frank Phillips put in the community, not only do we have this great corporate presence, but we have a lot of history. We have a lot of cultural uh, activities that happen here that we wouldn't have had if had not been for the energy industry beautiful community center lots of arts we have a symphony all of those kinds of things so it is a lot about the energy industry the native american history and then just kind of that general oklahoma spirit that built us into where we are today
1: well, let's talk about that today. What can visitors expect to find if they come today?
5: Well, I think for a community of our size, we have so many amenities. And again, I have to credit the um, cultural influence and, of course, the um, the money that comes from having a large oil company here. But we have Woolerock, which was Frank Phillips' country home. He felt like you know he was looking at places to build a country home in upstate New York, but once he purchased Woolerock and uh, it's 3,600 acres, just 12 miles west of Bartlesville, he felt if he could bring a man to Bartlesville, he could sign, he could make them shake on any deal. So he would bring them to Bartlesville, go out to Woolerock. There's a huge bison um herd that's there and then when of course when you're an oil baron you have this collection of artwork Um, it's a beautiful setting so that's one of our wonderful uh tourist attractions is wooler rock and then also because of the energy industry but not because of mr phillips we had a company called the hc price company and they were a pipeline uh company And his son, Mr. Price's son, said, you know, Dad, you're wanting to build a new building, and there's this great architect named Frank Lloyd Wright, and I think maybe you should talk to him. And so he was uh, a little reluctant at first, Frank Lloyd Wright of course was a huge personality and they worked it out and now we have the Price Tower. So, I would say those two items really are the the big attractions that we have that pull visitors from all over. And then we have a lot more, little museums, we have the Frank Phillips Home, Phillips Petroleum Company Museum, Uh, we have a lot of events, we have the Bartlesville Community Center that hosts so many things, but uh, it's a lot, we have a lot going on today.
1: For those that may not be familiar with the Price Tower, like what is it? What can people do there?
5: So the Price Tower was a series of buildings that Frank Lloyd Wright had designed to be in Manhattan. And it was three different buildings, but they decided on just one. And it is a 19-story. It is Frank Lloyd Wright's only fully realized skyscraper that was uh, completely designed and, and built. And it is a museum. Uh, There is an exhibition gallery on the first floor, and there's always different uh, exhibitions coming through. There are the historic tower floors, so they have preserved Mr. Price's office, which is on the top floor. And then uh, the meeting room, uh, some of the other, the original apartment, one of the apartments has been uh, preserved. And then Copper Bar is a restaurant and bar. And we've had this really great program called the right chef. And we have had, uh, two chefs. Now we've just selected the third. So you can go eat at this beautiful place and see the amazing landscape of, uh, Osage County and, um, Washington County where we are located, of course, but you can, See, It's a stone's throw, Osage County is, and they have all kinds of events throughout the year. So the Price Tower is a really wonderful place to visit. What about the shadier side of history? The shadier? Why, what do you mean, Professor? The interesting stuff. The interesting stuff. Well, certainly Bartlesville... Is no stranger to some shady things that happen. You know, we have this funny nickname that the kids used to say. Now I don't know if they still say it, but they call it the Shady Bee, um, Shady Beeville. Yeah, sometimes you'll see that on the on the twitters. But um, I know it's Twitter. I'm just being silly. But you know, you can't have this much money in a town like this and not have some murder go down. So certainly there has been some little stories that have happened. I know that just down the street from where we are at the Santa Fe Depot, they had the very first shootout in Oklahoma history because it happened on statehood day. Mm -hmm. There was a murder at Blatt's bar. And I don't know that it was any sort of big rivalry or disagreement, but basically what happened they had come in and they weren't supposed to be serving alcohol anymore because it was statehood day. And now we were not going to, you know, it was against the law to have alcohol. And so some sort of disagreement took place and there was a, a murder. It was interesting, funny in a way that the wife of the man that was murdered said that her husband was uh, murdered and went and etched on his Tombstone at the White Rose Cemetery that he was murdered by the uh, law enforcement officer that had shot him. Of course, the law enforcement officer took the position that he was just enacting the law. So that was kind of a little back and forth, but that certainly happened. Uh, you know, we've had other sorts of stories like that. There's, when you have a, an oil boom town and there's a lot of wildcatters in town, there are going to be some men that have some free time available once they're done working in the fields. And so it was, uh, there were good times that were had. And sometimes when you're having a good time, you might encounter uh, a little disagreement. So down here on 2nd Street in Bartlesville, there were several places that were boarding houses. Um, And there were a few places where a man could find a nice woman to spend the evening with. And that sometimes led to some bad encounters or uh, arguments. Um, And then, you know, just like any old town, we've got the situations where someone maybe uh, had a disagreement or there was a murder that happened. And um, so we've seen those all over. And then, of course, what happens when someone is uh in that kind of an altercation the stories sort of develop of well i heard something on the stairs or you know they'll they're coming back to haunt us uh, those kinds of things so we've got plenty of those
1: with all of these various stories do you happen to do any tours or ghost story
5: tours or anything like that Absolutely. We have been, for the last 10 years, trying to get some uh, collection of stories to share for people. Two different ways we've done that. One has been, in October, we do a ghost walk. We have a... Uh, an experience for people to come and see some of the different stories that we've gathered. And they've been from all over the area, not just Bartlesville, but also from Southeast Kansas or Osage County. There's been some really great stories of odd experiences or families. There's a story that Tim may have told you about, about a family where the bloody benders and they had their own story they had their own boarding house where they would take care of people of course but then some people didn't make it out of that particular place uh i think that particular story happened in kansas but it was just across the border so we've definitely capitalized on that and tried to share that and then we also have a very historic old cemetery a municipal cemetery it's called the white rose cemetery The murder that I spoke about earlier with the statehood day, the gentleman that was killed and the gentleman that shot him, they're both buried at White Rose. So every year they do these mausoleum stories in the old mausoleum at White Rose cemetery and talk about some of those people, famous people that have, that have died or have lived in Bartlesville through history. But yes, our favorite thing is definitely the ghost walk because It allows us to not only tell these stories, but also show off some of the really cool historic buildings that we have in downtown Bartlesville.
0: With such major personalities here in town, I've heard various stories about Mr. Phillips, such as having a telephone in his mausoleum. Is that true?
5: That is true, and I can tell you I have seen it firsthand. I've always heard the story that Mr. Phillips had a telephone at his mausoleum, which seems strange because his mausoleum is located at Woolerock, which is the 3600 acre ranch it's not easily accessible to visitors you can't just go see the mausoleum if you want to you drive by as you're exiting the museum area and you can see it kind of off in the distance and we all know that that's where mr phillips is buried Uh, His wife is buried, one of his children, some of the dogs, I think, are also buried out there. But it was always sort of a strange story as to why he felt like he needed to have a telephone in there. I suppose you could explain it with people wanting to go visit and maybe spend some time there and... They wanted someone to call in case of an emergency. I don't know, but it always struck us odd that perhaps Mr. Phillips thought when the second coming came or whatever happened, zombie arrival revival, uh, that he'd want to make a phone call and catch a ride from the mausoleum. But it's a gorgeous mausoleum, um, very quiet, peaceful, beautifully done with a mosaic. And then, yeah. There's a phone, and so yeah, the funny the funny story has always been well, maybe Mr. Phillips thought that he'd be able to break out sometime, and he'd want to order a pizza or something. I don't know, but it is really odd. It always has seemed odd that there's a phone there at the mausoleum.
1: That does seem rather odd, but I could probably understand the possibility of just you know, important business person just visiting, and or...
5: maybe so. You know, it's a it's a little drive out there though so you have to be going there intentionally I don't think you would typically walk so it's not like you'd call someone to come fetch you you'd have your car there I think and yeah so it was just sort of bizarre but there's a lot of bizarre things that have happened not only at Wooler Rock but uh, and the phone at the mausoleum but you know some of the docents say that Mr. Phillips they can smell the cigar smell or You know, he loved sitting on his front porch and the rocking chair might be moving. There's an old story of a very famous magician that went out to visit Woolarock Ranch and he did a card trick where he threw a card up on the wall. Uh, Harry Blackstone, I think, was his name. And the card's still there. And there was no glue or... There was nothing that appeared to have made the card stick other than magic. And so... There's all kinds of fun things, little nuggets of discovery out there at Wooler Rock. So definitely it sounds like a fun place to visit. It is an absolutely fun place to visit, whether you want to experience the spirits or not. It's a a great place to roam around, check out the animals, and get a, a really full picture of part of Oklahoma's history.
1: I would like to note that I did reach out to the staff at Woolarock to find out if they had any ghost stories they would be interested in sharing with us. Unfortunately, they responded to my interview request by saying, thank you for thinking of us, but we don't have any stories to share. We asked Maria if she knew of anyone who might have had an experience at Woolarock, but according to people she spoken with, stories were mixed and nothing was concrete. However, she did have a tale about Price Tower.
5: I've asked lots of people that have worked at the Price Tower if there was ever any sort of ghost feeling. Because, you know, Frank Lloyd Wright really didn't spend much time there. Mm. And typically, they say no. But I will tell you, one time, we were here for a conference, a little small meeting. And I had several of my tourism colleagues here. Miami, oklahoma stillwater oklahoma was here duncan and my friend christy morrison from visit stillwater she got on the elevator and she was complaining about how tiny the elevators are at the price tower and the elevator then proceeded to take her and the two other people on the elevator to one of the floors that you have to have a key to get in they did not use the key to get in. And then they wouldn't let them off the elevator. Like they were like, well, this isn't where we want to go. That's weird. How did it go up there? They pressed the button for the ground floor. It wouldn't take them to the ground floor. Yeah, it was very, very spooky. Nothing's ever happened like that to me. But my friend Christy said, I am never going in there again because that totally freaked me out. Frank Lloyd Wright was mad at me because she had been saying how tiny the elevators were and uh, didn't like the design of the building. So we just decided that Frank Lloyd Wright didn't want Christy to come back anyway. So
1: When we were talking through email, you were mentioning you were collecting some stories about a hospital. Could you elaborate on that for us?
5: Yes, so there is an old memorial hospital, currently vacant. And it was actually the hospital my mom was born in in 1935. But I have heard from multiple people that have worked there that it was absolutely haunted. It was an old-fashioned hospital, the kind you think of when you see an old movie. There was, a, of course, a, a all the different areas that you might need a you know surgery floor and a a maternity ward but there was also a psych ward and the stories all seemed to revolve around that particular floor. My experience was really limited there was an organization that used to be in that building that rented one floor and I started working for that organization once they moved into their new building. But a lot of those employees had been there forever. And they said it was, you know, lots of creepy things, hair on the back of your neck, stand up types of situations, sounds that you would hear. The building's vacant now. It totally looks spooky because it's empty. There's blinds that are kind of messed up or windows that have been broken. They've been trying to find someone to... Uh, by the building and and it's got such great bones it would be a fantastic place if it could be refurbished or remodeled or in some way but many people that I know that worked for the hospital or worked for companies that were located in that building after it was the hospital have heard all kinds of stories the the noises the screaming the voices strange things happening um, and then also I think even in the new hospital, there were some situations where things had happened in the older part of the building. If you were to drive up to the new, bar, new hospital in Bartlesville... New, it's not new anymore. I was born there. But it's um, the newer one. There was an older part of it, an old brick part. And several people that I've talked to have said that there were lots of scary things that happened. And at one point, it was owned and operated by the episcopal church it's currently owned by the catholic church um, ascension Healthcare. but i heard a rumor that they even did an exorcism because there was one section of the hospital that was just a little too intense for the folks that were that were working there so but i can't I can't tell you that I've experienced, but I've certainly heard lots of people talk about it.
0: What about the Hillcrest Country Club?
5: So I haven't heard very many stories, but there is an old historic graveyard on the golf course. And so I have gone up there and I've I've seen the graveyard. It's very old. I don't know if it predated statehood or not, but there's... There's something always a little bit spooky about those old cemeteries with the the tombstones that are sort of falling apart and that kind of thing. I do know that there is rumored to be a ghost in the men's locker room at the country club and that he's been active in the past or people have actually seen him. I'm a woman, so I haven't gone into the men's locker room. I haven't seen it. But I've definitely heard that every ghost that I've heard about in Bartlesville hasn't ever been the kind that has scared anyone to the point of, you know, blood curdling screams. Always usually kind of playful doors closing or things getting moved about that kind of thing. But I've definitely heard there's there's someone there in the men's locker room giving those golfers a little bit of a hard time.
0: That sounds like a country club, man. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. For those that are planning to visit Bartlesville, what resources do you recommend
5: that they come check out to learn more? Well, we would love for them to check us out on our website, which is visitbartlesville.com. And you can also find out about mausoleum stories or the ghost walk, if that's something you'd ever like to explore at a later time. Of course, if you go to travelok.com, you can order our visitor guide, which is a handheld resource you can look at that and find some great places to visit hotels to stay in restaurants and those kinds of things you can also find us on all of the fun social media places like facebook twitter uh instagram we're all those we're in all those places so um check us out and we have some really great photographs of all these old buildings where there may or may not be a haunted person there to say hello when you come to see us
1: For lunch, Frank and Lola's came highly recommended to us for great food, but also some ghost stories. I did reach out in advance for an interview with the owners, but I never heard back. I thought while we were in town, we could try to talk in person. I later found out the owner was recovering from a medical matter, hence the lack of reply. However, the staff that was there during our time invited us to come back when they were closed for lunch. With bellies full and time to spare, the professor and I went to Gravity Hill. After some searching and numerous tests, we did find Gravity Hill. As described, it's a small hill and my car did go up it when placed in neutral. It's not a steep incline by any means, and I was convinced it was an optical illusion, but I could still see the fun of it. For a few tests, the professor watched outside the car, hoping an apparition would appear, but none did. I bet if he had a bag of flour with him, he would have covered my car and attempt to look for handprints. I asked him for his thoughts, and he said that the Magnetic Hill and Springer was much more impressive. He then asked if we could investigate the Country Club, but I reminded him that it was time to head back to Frank and Lola's. We returned to Frank and Lola's a few minutes before they were about to close. There were still a few customers lingering around, still enjoying their lunch. With the staff still busy and us now pressed for time, we did manage to get two short sound bites from Norma and Jesse. First up is Norma.
6: Every day, sometimes it's a, uh, um, my English is crazy. <laughs> uh, sometimes we come in the morning, it uh, feel like a something, can I feel it? And um, usually I put in my Christian music and I feel like uh, I'm okay with that, right? With that uh, Christian music and and then, they have, it's like, I know somebody's here. Like I said, uh, sometimes I feel like I'm scared, like a little, little scared, but I, I'm never scared by the ghosts and everything. And I said, okay, okay, I put my music, I said, I don't pay attention, and whatever. The only thing is, it's like, uh, when I'm working and then uh, all this stuff and the kitchen, is going like a, bomb, like somebody dump it. But uh, I was looking at it and it's nobody. And I think, I think you know, well, maybe it's a like cricket, or you know, this happened in and here in Oklahoma, like a temblores, I don't know how you say it in English. And uh, one day, I'm working, I said, like, oh my gosh, I can feel it right here. I said, okay, and I put in my music, I said, uh, the volume, I said, okay, no more attention. And I'm working in my prep and everything. And uh, it's crazy because I'm um, in a dish room, it's nobody, and uh, a knife. Uh, you know that this room is, that uh, this washer uh like a, I mean, I think it's like a five or seven feet when I'm prepped. And a um, knife is jumping and close to me, the little uh, knife, the steak knife. And I said, huh? Ah. I said, do you wanna kill me or what? <laughs> I said like that because I'm playing around with the ghost because I don't put the attention and, and, and those things. And I said, hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe somebody come like that, and, like at the movie, right? And they said, oh no. And I put my Christian music, in. <laughs> okay, nobody's here, and it's, nothing's happened here. But that's all, and only when they I walk in, and I, I come in early in the morning, like at this dark, and, uh, it's not, and I'm not scared. I don't feel, sometimes I feel something, not every day. While the little things, and it's like, uh, when I'm working, and I saw somebody come in, I said, hi, how are you? I said, thinking, everything okay? <laughs> and uh, when they leave. And like uh, um, before we serve, I see they, like they walk in and said, okay, we got fun. <laughs> but uh, it is just me, like this, but it's, it's all I can hear. Like uh, sometimes I feel like somebody is right here, not looking like that, it's nobody. Uh, sometimes like Adam and I, we working together in the mornings and I'm walking to the red room, you know, the the pool table, and uh, and I walk in, and I feel like, a, and I go, okay, somebody, just like this. That it's nothing like uh, I can see, only the move things, and not every day. Some days it's like a, I can feel it like a, I can feel like I'm like a, oh my gosh, I can feel like a scare, little scared. but other days I said. I don't mind. You hear, whatever, do whatever. That's, that's the only thing is just what I think about the knife, is just, uh, how the knife can jump it close to me. But those, that's all. Like I can see that, just let the presents for somebody, but that's it. Yeah. For the record,
1: could you say your name?
4: First
6: and last name? Uh, Norma Munoz.
4: Um, My name's Jessie Haas, and I've worked here for, oh, about a decade, I guess. Um, And when I first started here, Bartlesville did what they call the ghost walk in downtown Bartlesville. And they talked about these buildings and kind of the history with these buildings. And um, they say that this area, you know, or this building, because it was part of Indian territory, housed... um, just a lot of business in this area with all the different tribes and stuff. And so this was an old um, business here in Bartlesville and they say that in the basement there was a brothel and they say that there was a young girl named Estelle who was harmed in the brothel and that it's her spirit that hangs out here. And um, so Estelle primarily interacts with the men who work in the restaurant and and, like Norma, because Norma's here really early, and um, I think Norma's energy is really good, so maybe she doesn't have so many of kind of the, I mean, I think it's unsettling when you have an experience, but I know some of the guys have had experiences with the lights, you know, going on and off. Um, And when you're here at night, and it's midnight, and you're prepping soup, that can be scary. Um, I've been in... And that red room that Norma talks about, that's kind of the back of the building and that's near the basement entrance and kind of that part of the building. So I feel like that area, um, there's a lot of action in that area. And um, I've been in the back room of the restaurant and there's a a door, it's a heavy door, and um, it's shut on its own, you know, and I've come out and said, hey, do you guys shut the door? No, you know, just things like that. She just lets you know when she's kind of around. Um, we've had glasses like on the tables you know like the table will be empty and glasses will be sitting there empty waiting for someone to pick them up and they'll just fall off the table like we've had that happen on several occasions like in the middle of lunch so that's kind of unsettling for people Um, but I know that there are times when our interactions here in the restaurant like We have talked about her before, and some of the people that we've told about Estelle, you know, they don't always, like, I'm very respectful of her. Um, I don't know what her story is, if she was hurt here, or if she was a Native American girl, like some say that she was, but if that's the case, then we need to be respectful of her spirit and and her journey into the spirit world, because, um, you know, I I feel like it's important to kind of honor and just respect where she's at, because I don't know what happened to her. So I always try to tell, you know, we all have these kind of stories and we kind of talk about it. And a lot of the new people are like, what? Who's Estelle? Like, what are you talking about? And um, there have been times when they have, you know, been kind of disrespectful or made a joke and the lights will flicker or things will get weird. Like you just, like Norma said, you just feel like you, there's an energy that shifts, you know? And so it's not really ominous or, um, scary it's just unsettling because you're not by yourself you know and so I, I always try to um, I don't know just make sure that I, I act cool to her talk about her in a good way. Yeah.
6: Tales and Build is a production of the Show Starts Now studios and is produced by Dennis Spielman. The voice of Sam Saxton is Dennis Spielman The voice of Professor Jeff DeRoot is Jeff Provine. We would like to thank Tim, Michelle, Norma, Jesse, and Maria Gus for sharing their stories with us. We would also like to thank Visit Bartlesville for the interview connections. The opinions and stories told are that of the individuals and do not reflect their employer, affiliates, and spirits mentioned. Join us on Patreon to help support Tales Unveiled while getting exclusive rewards. Visit talesunveiled.com to find out how to become a patron supporter. This episode's advice comes from Robert L. Johnson. History has always been a series of pendulum swings, but the individual doesn't have to get caught in that. With that advice, I now bid you good night, Brothersville. Good night.